Good morning, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Well, I did something this morning that drives me crazy, if somebody else does it, and that is not check the mic that you're using. So if there's any issues with the mic, it is all my fault. It's not the sound, guys. I forgot to check it before, So, but it's sounding good. They're, they're amazing back there, so thank you, guys. Sound guys. Aren't you thankful for our sound guys? They do a great job. It's a hard job because there's so much going on in this room. It's hard to get it all figured out. And they have to deal with musicians. Let's be honest. They got to deal with musicians. And Paris. It's a blessing. They get the blessing of Paris. As Adam, her husband, is just shaking his head. All right, man. Well, we've started our Wednesday night um, nights, our family nights up again. It's been amazing. If you haven't been coming, get there. My goodness, God is doing some amazing stuff in that time together, and you don't want to miss it. 6.30, we start eating. So if you want food, come at 6.30. And we start class at 7. There's classes from all ages, from littles up to through teenagers and then adults. So you don't want to miss that (laughs) through adults, adulting and adulting. So young adults, come. We have a special group for you too. All right. I just want to say thank you for all those that helped with Ted Deeming's um, celebration of life yesterday. Thank you so much for coming and serving the Deeming family. You guys did an amazing job. Thank you, Kathy, for heading up that team. They were so blessed. Um, So thank you and all those that put in time and effort into that. That was well done. Thanks for being the mission family. Next week, we got a special, special treat. We get to have Dan McCallum with us next week. So you don't want to miss that. Um, it's going to be a great time with him. Um, so next week, 10 o'clock, right here. All right, today is the 16th, yes? All right, so let's read out of Proverbs 16 this morning. And this is uh, verse 31. Gray hair, gray hair is a crown of splendor. All the gray hair people say, Amen. Amen. I don't have any gray hair on top of my head. It's just... And the beard. It is obtained in the way of righteousness. Better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city. I, th- I think he forgot. I think he meant to leave out 32. Better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city. Sometimes I just don't like God. He's just not fair. That's our proverb for today. All right. Well, last week was such an amazing time, Kiana. I I know you're here somewhere because you were just up here. She just did an amazing job. And so, and then just these last two weeks, um, I've been thinking about these last two weeks. And how what's been happening here in our midst 
And so I was having a conversation with God, and he's been um, talking to me in um, lyrics from songs. So a couple weeks ago, he gave me this one phrase from a song, and when I was thinking about the last couple weeks and what's been going on here, he gave me this phrase, Oh, the glory. Of his presence. I'm not going to attempt to sing it like I tried a few weeks ago. Because I don't think I'd get very far, for one. But that's what he's doing. In the last couple weeks, his presence has always been here. So don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not like saying, oh, his presence finally showed up. But there's been such a great response to his presence. And that's what the difference has been. Is that you have come hungry to experience his presence. And when that opportunity arises, you guys are responding quickly. See, sometimes when we call through an altar call or just say, hey, this is what God's doing. Sometimes, not you guys, but sometimes, there's very little response. But over the last few weeks, it's like I can't even get the words all the way out of my mouth and you're already coming. And that's been what's the difference, is our response to his presence. Josh, if you can turn me down just a hair up here, I'm blowing myself out. Thanks. And the worship this morning, in the last couple weeks, has been such an intentional leaning into his presence. See, we, how do I say this? We don't worship so he comes. We don't beg God to come. And if we worship to get him to come, that means we're begging God to come. When we come to worship, we're worshiping because he's in the room. He's already here. And so we worship the king that's here. And we've been pressing into that in worship. And I don't know if you've noticed this. But worship is the longest thing we do in a service. It's longer than we speak. It's longer than we do anything else. Because the king's in the room. And he's worthy to be worshipped. And so over the last couple weeks and this morning, it's sitting in his presence, but it's responding to his presence. And he does something when we respond to his presence and when we worship him, he increases his manifest presence. And there's something that's special that's happening when we first start worship. And the team has tapped into this. Paris and Katie have done an amazing job of tapping into this right at the beginning. 
That right from the beginning, yeah. That they're going straight into worshiping the king. There is no warm-up song. There's no, hey, let's get everyone jazzed up. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. Just please don't. Because <laughs> I know when I started talking about it, you started thinking of other places and how they do worship. So don't do that. But there's something special happening when we start worship. And I don't want you to miss that. So I would really encourage you to be here when worship starts. So you can partake in worshiping the king. Because he's already in the room. So why is his presence so important? Because when you have his presence, that means you have him. See, you can't have his presence and him not be there. They're not separate. They're the same. If he's here, he's going to have his presence here. Because he's here. His presence doesn't come and then he doesn't come. So that is why we go after the presence. Because if we have the presence, that means we have him. That means he's in the room. And when he's in the room... There's nothing that's impossible. There's not a circumstance. There's not an illness. There's not a pain. There's not a life that can't be changed without, with one touch from him. From one touch from his presence can change everything. And that's why we go after the presence. Because that's where lives are changed. It's where my life has been changed. And I know some of your stories, that's where your life has been changed. Is in the presence of Jesus. Everything can change. So this morning I want to talk about Moses. He was a very complicated man. He was an orphan. And then he was, ado- then he was adopted. Then he tried to fulfill his own destiny on his own and failed miserably like all of us do. He tried to be a deliverer by himself, which only caused him to murder somebody, and then he had to flee the only home he knew. And so he goes out to the wilderness. He helps rescue some women at a well, which was a great move. Because it gave him favor with a very rich man who then he ended up marrying this rich man's daughter and he's brought into this wonderful family. And now he's got a wife, he starts having a family of his own. This is where we're going to pick up the story and this is Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. So now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the backside of the wilderness and came to Horeb, or Sinai, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, yet was not consumed. And Moses said, 
I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. So he's out in the the wilderness. This bush is on fire, which scholars say isn't unusual. It's a very hot climate. This particular type of bush secretes oil. So it actually wasn't probably that uncommon that this bush would be on fire. Because how many of you know oil and heat, probably going to produce some fire. So it wasn't really unusual. But it says that Moses sees this bush burning. Probably seen it happen before. But it says that he looked. That he took the time to look at this bush that's burning. Something that was common. For some reason he stopped and looked. To see what was going on. See, he was just going about his normal day, taking care of sheep. Alan, it says, on the backside of the wilderness, so there's nobody else around. It's him and the sheep. That's it. The daily grind. And something that happens in that day that is common, he decides to look to see if there's something different in it. How many times do we look in our common day occurrences to see what God's doing? See, Moses looked. So he looks. And he notices something that now is unique to a common occurrence. The bush isn't being consumed. Right? A little odd. Bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And he could have said, oh, that's interesting. All right, let's go, sheep. Come on, let's go find some water. I'm hot out here. But what does it say? It says, and Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burning. So he sees it, he looks at it, but then he decides to actually turn aside And face the bush. He makes a conscious effort to lean into what is happening. He makes an effort to go towards what's happening. And when he does that, that's when God responds. It says, and then, it says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God God called his name. Said Moses, Moses. It wasn't until Moses made the decision to purposely turn aside and face the bush, that's when God responded. He was waiting to see if Moses would put the effort in. He was waiting to see if Moses would pay attention. And because he looked and turned aside, God calls his name, and he has this amazing encounter with God. 
that tells him about his destiny, tells him what he's going to do and how he's actually going to fulfill his destiny in this whole encounter. I would encourage you to read through that this week. I'm not going to do that today. And see what God has for you there. But Moses has this encounter with God's presence. With his glory. Because he was willing to turn aside. Stop what he was doing. And pursue the encounter. And God responded to his pursuit. To his hunger. To see what was going on. God is looking for people that will look and that will turn aside to what he's doing. Are we going to be a people that are looking for God's presence in our everyday life? Will we, and when we see it, will we take the time to turn aside and press into it? Because that's, resp- that's when God responds. So I looked up this word, turn aside. It kind of caught my heart. And the Hebrew word is sir. Or it's probably not even pronounced that way, but that's how I pronounce it. And it, it's throughout the Bible, but it, there's a couple other significant times it, show, it comes up in Moses' life. So after Moses has this encounter with, with God, gets his destiny, his life is forever changed. He goes back to Egypt, you know, with all the plagues, all that. Pharaoh finally says, yes, get out of here. I'm tired of dealing with you guys. Please leave. Moses leads them out of Egypt. They cross the river. He goes, he gets back to the same mountain He goes up, gets the Ten Commandments, comes down. Of course, the children of Israel are being stupid. Let's just be, say what it is. They have no patience. They didn't read Proverbs yet. They built this calf, start worshiping another god. Moses gets ticked, throws the Ten Commandments at him. Breaks them. And so, you know, that whole story. So now it's after that. And Moses is having a conversation with God. And God says, hey, um, you can have the promise right now. You can have the promised land right now. But my presence won't go with you. So you can have your promise or you can have me. And Moses you have to remember, he's got like a million people that want the promise. And they are not patient people. They have already threatened to go back to Egypt several times by this point. And God's given an option. You can have the promise. You will make everybody happy. And you will be famous. And you'll have the promise. But you won't have me. And Moses goes, No. If I can't have you, the promise isn't worth it. Because if your presence won't go with us, we're not going. 
And Moses says, show me your glory. So God says, all right, let's do this. And he takes them in the mountain, he puts them in the cleft. And this is Exodus 33, verse 22. And it says, while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away, which is the same word as turn aside, my hand, and you will see my back, but your face shall not be, my face shall not be seen. God's saying, I will let you turn aside to my glory again. It's the same word there that Moses did to the bush. And because again, he got to turn aside, he got to see the glory of the Lord. See, God moved his hand so he can turn aside again and press into the glory, into his presence. And then when Moses comes down from this another encounter with his presence, it says his face glowed or radiant so much that it freaked the people out. So much so that he had to put a veil over his face. So it wasn't like he just got a new facial and, you know, looked all glowy and nice and nice shiny skin. It was so bright and intense, it made the people fearful because they knew he had seen the glory of the Lord. And what's really sad is that they had the same opportunity Moses did. God said, come, see me face to face. And all the people said, no. Moses can go and do it for us. Moses can go to the burning bush, but we're going to stay back. Moses can go and turn aside and see your glory, but we're not going to put the effort into it. We're not going to press into that moment when your glory comes. Luckily, Joshua did. Because it says when Moses would leave the tent, he would stay. I, it doesn't say what Caleb did. I really wish it would give the history of Caleb during this time. Because we know that when Moses sent out the spies, it was Joshua and Caleb were the only two that came back with the report. They, they were the only ones that saw with God's eyes. So it was Joshua, Caleb, Moses, and Aaron were the only four that believed God said what he was going to do. And the rest of the nation was against them. And we know Aaron was the priest, so he got to see he was in the presence of God. We know Moses was in the presence of God. And we know Joshua stuck around and stayed in the presence of God. I'm really curious. That's one thing I'm going to ask Caleb when I get to heaven. Where were you? Were you sneaking into the tent when Moses wasn't around? And that's why you didn't make it in the book, because he didn't see you? Like... What were you doing, buddy? Because that's what I want. So Moses comes down and they cover his face because they're afraid. 
But then Exodus 34, 33, it says, And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put the veil on his face. But when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he, would, he took the veil off until he came out. So when he would go into the presence, he would take off the veil. And that he took the veil off is the same word as turning aside. When he would go into the presence, he would turn aside. And he's calling us, are we willing to turn aside from everything and seek his presence? See, Moses learned this at the bush. And he carried it throughout his life. That whenever there was a possibility of being in his presence, in his glory, he would turn aside. He would make the conscious effort to lean in. See, there was a million other people that could have done the same thing. The same presence were there. They were there. But yet they didn't choose to turn aside and face the presence. See, this, this, I realized, I was thinking about this building, um, and then it made me feel really old. (laughs) Because I realized this building was built 22 years ago. It it doesn't seem like that long ago, but then I look at my kids and I'm like, oh man, I'm old. (laughs) But 22 years ago, this building opened... And I started thinking about the encounters that I've had in this building. And I remember this, this platform wasn't here. We had one that kind of came off. So there were stairs probably about right here. And I remember, and I don't know who was speaking at the time. But the presence came in. And whoever was speaking couldn't stand anymore. And they were wiped out with the power of God. And so I remember Keith got up to try to kind of take the, you know. Because it wasn't during like a worship time. So it wasn't like, just let's just keep worship, you know. God was wanting to do something. And he was, he was doing things. So Keith got up there. He lasted a couple minutes, Maybe. And so, there's two bodies up here now, and they're, and I'm sitting somewhere in the front row, and they start motioning to me to take over, and so, you know, you just do what you're told, and so I started coming, and as I, I made it up about halfway up the stairs, and wham, now I'm down. In the presence. Because we were choosing to lean into it. I remember I was, I think this was during worship, some point, and it was somewhere 
about here. That I was laying on the floor just worshiping. And his glory just came. And it was like I had a thousand pounds on me. And I was stuck to the floor. It, it seemed like an hour. It could have been five minutes. I don't know. When, when you're in the presence, and you're in the glory like that, you just kind of lose track of time. Where five minutes seems like an hour, or an hour seems like five minutes. But I was stuck there. And just leaned into his presence. I remember, how you guys remember how, uh, Ivan Tate this year coming? Amazing. Love that man. But it was the first time he came, so I had never met him before. Had no idea how crazy he was. <laughs> and back then, he, surprisingly, he was more crazy. Back then. So I'd never met him. He preached and he was starting to do ministry, calling people out, prophesying over him. And he called me out. And back then, I think we had another row here. So I was about right here in the second row. Calls me up, has me stand. And he starts prophesying over me. And the Holy Spirit starts dealing with me with, about something. So honestly, I have no idea what he said. I have a, it got recorded, so I have it written down somewhere. But in the moment, God was dealing with something. The Holy Spirit was asking me, are you willing to give me everything? And I'm like, of course. God will give you everything. And he said, will you give, will you give Ivan your wallet? And normally, that's not a big deal. We were newly married. Devs was going to school, worked part-time. I was working full-time. But, you know, not, you know, normally there wasn't much in there. So I'm like, oh. And then I remembered. It's a Friday. And this was for, before direct deposit. I had a paycheck sitting in my wallet. And he said, are you willing to give me everything? So luckily, Ivan typically gives really long words. So it gave me time to argue with the Holy Spirit. Love him. Because that man could rip off scripture after scripture after scripture. It's unbelievable. And he was, rip, oh, it was great. Gave me time to argue an argument that I was going to lose miserably. But I took a chance and started arguing with God. And finally... He went silent. It's not a good place when you're arguing with God and he goes silent. Because you know you're, 
you're just being an idiot. So I reached back, grabbed my wallet, threw it in the air as just an act of obedience. And then, you know, later on gave him my wallet, wrote him a check for the amount. But it changed me. That encounter changed me. Because no longer was that going to be an issue for me if I was going to give them everything. But I was willing to turn aside and lean into that encounter. Another, we, we had a, an amazing man come quite a bit back in the early days. His name was Coletti Keith. Um, if you ever, how many of you here have seen The Godfather? The movie, The Godfather. Marlon Brando. He was the spitting image of the Godfather. He looked like him, and he acted like him. Like, if you didn't know him, you were scared to death of him. Oh, my God. He was so precious. But we had him, it must have been one of our first or one of our early conferences we had in this building. And they were just crazy times of his presence and going after signs and wonders. And and I remember the service had wrapped up, and at that point we we had a very, how do I say this kindly, a very old school staging. So it like had half walls everywhere for the band, for the choir, you know, it looked, it looked like a televangelist stage from the eighties. Guys know what I'm talking about, you know? And so there's half wall. And I remember coming over here, there was, there's somewhere right around here. There was a leader sitting here, and God said, go wash his feet. And it's one of those moments that mark you. Nobody knew what I was doing, because there's the half walls. They were going crazy in worship at the altars. So I came up and I washed the feet of a leader. And it marked me. It was an encounter God was calling me to. But was I willing to turn aside? Nobody saw me. Nobody was paying attention to what I was doing. It wasn't going to serve me. But God was calling me into an encounter with his presence. See, years before that, I was able to, I was in China and saw an apostolic leader 
wash the feet of another apostolic leader in China. And I, was, I had the privilege of being in the room when that happened. And God was calling me into, are you willing to do the same? Are you willing to turn aside and press in to my presence? Are you willing to press in to my glory and wash somebody else's feet? And it changed my life. Like Moses, it changed his life and pushed him into his destiny. I know I wouldn't be here today if I didn't wash that leader's feet. Because that was my moment to show, am I willing to press into his presence? Am I willing to do whatever he asks? And as a church, as the mission, over these last few weeks... God is saying, will you respond to me? Will you lean in? Will you turn aside and come into my glory? Because it'll change you. It'll absolutely wreck everything in your life. It will turn you upside down and put you right. And that's what we've experienced for the last two weeks. Is hungry people pressing into his presence. I remember um, I was standing about right here. And I remember Dan, Dan was on my left and mom was on my right. It was during worship. And it was just one of those, like this morning, just amazing moments of worshiping him. And I started hearing this noise, this sound. And I knew it wasn't coming from the worship team. I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to sounds, and especially in worship context. I've been in church my whole life. My dad, most of his life was a worship leader. So I understood when things were going good and when things are not going so well. So I, I can hear this not-so-well sounds really well. But this was a, an, wasn't that. But it, so I, I'm, I pick up on those things really easily. And I was hearing this sound, and it wasn't coming from the stage. And at first I thought I was just hearing the crowd worshiping. But it was, there, was, there was two different sounds. There was the crowd, and then there was some, the something else. And I couldn't figure it out. And Dano leans over to me and goes, Can you hear that? I was like, Yeah. And he goes, It's the angels. And when I leaned into it, when I turned aside and realized what's going on, whack! I'm slammed to the floor. But it wasn't until I realized what was going on. 
I had heard the noise for about a minute. And it didn't do anything for me. But it wasn't until I recognized that I acknowledged and I turned aside to what God was doing. Just like Moses did with the burning bush. It wasn't until he turned aside when God called his name. And he's calling us to turn aside. If I can have the band come up. God wants to encounter us. Jesus wants to encounter you every day in your normal, mundane life that you're like, oh, I just do the same thing every single day. Moses was out with the sheep doing his job. That's all he was doing. He had no prospects To fulfill his destiny. Everything was going. In the opposite direction. To fulfill his destiny. Until he saw a bush. Burning. And he took the time to look. And turn aside. And go I want that. I want that glory. I want his presence. I want that encounter. See, Jesus encounters us when we're willing to turn and face him. He doesn't force things on us. The world doesn't understand that. A lot of Christians don't understand that. It says that Jesus stands and knocks at the door. It doesn't say he knocks the door down. It says he stands and knocks. He gives the invitation, the invitation to come and turn aside and come and let him in. And he's calling us. Are we going to be sensitive enough to turn? And face the glory. Because in Jesus' presence, that's where everything changes. He's the one that changes everything. When we came to him, it changed everything in our lives. And if we're going to be world changers, which is what we are called to do, It won't happen unless we have encounters with Jesus. Unless Jesus is our priority. Unless his presence is where we live. So Jesus, we we turn to you. Oh, we turn to you, Jesus. Return to your face. 
Father, we lean into you this morning. We lean into you at our home. You know he wants to encounter you in your home. He wants to encounter you in your home way more than he wants to encounter you here. He loves encountering you here. But oh, does he want his glory to be in your home. Start looking for the burning bush in your home. Start looking for the burning bush in your job. Take the time to look and to turn aside and see the glory of the Lord. Would you stand with me? We're going to press in one more time this morning. Because His presence is here. I shared those encounters this morning that I had in this building as a testimony of what He'll do for you. And all it takes is you to turn aside and press into His glory. Press into His presence and say, Jesus, I'm here for you. I'll give you everything. Jesus, I give you everything. I press in to the encounter you have for me. I press into your presence. I turn to it because that's where you are. Michelle hit it on the head this morning. There's some prophetic acts that you need to do, that God's calling you to. Just like me, I needed to throw my wallet. I don't know what it is for you. But just ask the Holy Spirit to come and guide you. He is our helper. He is our guide. So Holy Spirit, right now, we ask that you guide us into this moment, this encounter with Jesus morning. Holy Spirit, guide us. Because we want all of Jesus. We don't want just the goosebumps that make us feel better. But we want to become what you created us to be. You said that we are created in your image. Our destiny is to become like you. Is to become like Jesus. So we give our lives to be like Jesus. We set aside our own lives. We set aside our own desires. Our own plans. Our own destinies. And we pick up Jesus. So Jesus... We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you. We just 
Oh, we worship you, Jesus. You are holy. You are holy. Oh, Jesus, you're holy. The healer is in the room. If you need something changed in your life, now's the time. Now's the day. Now's the moment. To let him come in. Oh, we press into you, Jesus.
Ah, we're face to face with Him. We're face to face with the Holy One. Oh, Jesus, you're holy. Oh, you're holy. Oh, Jesus, you're holy. Oh, Jesus, you're holy. Oh, you're holy, Jesus. Oh, you're holy, Jesus. Oh, you're holy, Jesus. Oh, you're holy, Jesus. take one more minute and we're just going to give thanks something he's had me do the last now like three or four weeks after ministry time he had a conversation with me about a month ago after some ministry time and he said if you want to keep it about me then give thanks 
He goes, if you want to keep it about me, when you minister to people, if you want to keep it about, you know it's me. Give thanks. So the last four weeks after I'm done ministering, I just take some time either in my chair or at the altar and just give thanks. Because it's Him that brings change. It's Him that brings encounters. So we're going to take a minute and we're just going to give thanks for what He's done and is doing. Because it's Him. So Jesus... We give you thanks. Oh, we give you thanks. Oh, we give you thanks. Oh, you're such a wise king. Oh, you're such a generous God. You're such a good God. Oh, you're everything. We are nothing without you. Oh, we give you thanks. You are the one.
this whole thing about having encounters in your home won't leave me alone. So if you're in this room and you want that in your house, you want it in your home, encounters, glory encounters in your home, I want you to slip up your hand. And because we're a family, I want you to find somebody that also has their hand up. And I want you to agree with each other. One, ask the Holy Spirit to come and bring encounters. But the key here is you have to look for them and you have to take the time to turn aside and allow the encounter to happen. And I'll tell you this, they're not going to come at convenient times. You're asking for a dangerous thing. Because they're not necessarily going to (laughs) come when it's a perfect time. But just release encounters over each other in their homes, in their neighborhoods, in their jobs. So Holy Spirit, as the people of the mission, we ask for encounters in our homes. We will take time to have encounters in our home. Mark our homes for your presence, that they will be homes of presence and glory. That our homes will be homes that are filled with your presence. That whoever walks into our homes will say, this is different. I don't understand it. I don't know why your house is different, but it's different. Can I just come and be in your house? Because the chaos in my head stops when I walk through your doors. So Holy Spirit right now, fill every house in this place. That every house would be a burning bush of your glory. That every house of the mission would be marked with your glory. I can ask the ministry team to come up. If you need prayer, if you're dealing with sickness, you need breakthrough, we have people here that have been in his presence and just want to release Jesus in your circumstance. If you need prayer this morning, come. Love you. Don't miss Wednesday night. And next week we'll have Dana with us. Invite a friend or three love you have a great week come get some more ministry but go out looking and turning aside to the encounters God has for you